The Braves, the offseason's here, unfortunately. World Series has concluded as we launch a brand-new podcast, The Chopaholic, two guys with an unhealthy addiction to Atlanta Braves baseball. As we talk about the offseason, maybe a wish list, who they're going to retain. That and more on tonight's episode, or I should say today's episode, of The Crowded Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on the crowded booth with Bryce Coon. Hello, everyone, Braves fans all around. My name is Bryce Coon. We got Logan Whaley beside me. And if you don't know, Logan Whaley's a good friend. He was on the show technically about a month ago, but the audio and well, and yeah. Logan, you know, you know this. It, it happens in, in our business. The audio just completely kaput. Didn't didn't want to cooperate with us. Um, it, it's it okay, happens. Though. It happens. It, it happens. It happens. But hey, we're launching a uh, Braves podcast over here on the Crowded Booth. Obviously, if you've watched our college football content, Georgia Tech fans, uh, Georgia fans, Auburn fans, the one thing everybody can have in common usually is they're Atlanta Braves fans, and we have found. Uh, that we have an unhealthy addiction uh, to the Atlanta Braves. Hence the name of the podcast, The Chopaholic. We're going to get some logo stuff here uh, really soon. And we're going to try and do these weekly throughout the post. Or <sighs> Logan, baseball's over, not the postseason. It's sad. It just kind of ended so <laughs> quietly with college football. You, you wish. In I, the I, midst of it. Right. I mean, I wish it were here too. But, uh, you know, a lot of offseason to talk about, that's for sure. A lot of offseason. Hey, we're going to talk about free agents. And then Logan and I – promise guys we didn't collaborate on this but we are going to talk about three options that we would like to see in an Atlanta Braves uniform next year and so we'll kind of go from there but Logan let's get to the guys that were on this Braves roster here in 2023 and we'll start with the two guys they brought back uh one Pierce Johnson which you know I'll hand it off to you I don't know how much you want to say about Johnson but for me it was a guy that you know benefited from not being in Colorado and you know emerges I think as a middle of innings guy could be a late innings guy. I'd like to see them get me things guy. We'll talk about that. But Pierce Johnson, man, I think they got him on a friendly deal and it feels like one of those options that could be a key piece going forward, not just next season, but the season after that. Yeah. And he had a great performance in the postseason too. And he was out there and that that's one thing that I look at as, uh, you know, he looked like he belonged in that rotation. Didn't, or in that bullpen rotation, I should say, but he, he really did look like he belonged out there. And as you mentioned, I mean, getting him out of course field, I mean, what a concept, right? I, I feel like more teams should be doing that, you know, <laughs> like kind of this guy peripherals look good. Maybe let's just get him out of course field and let's just see what happens. And sure enough, that's precisely what happened with Pierce Johnson. And they've been, uh, I believe they utilized the, the off-speed pitches a bit more with him and, uh, that's worked really well. So yeah, I'm glad to see him back uh, in Atlanta. I think he's uh, going to be a great piece for next season. Yeah. I, especially with a couple of the moves they made, it, it seems to me that they kind of pride Johnson as a guy that look, we had him here for a short time and we found things that we can continue to work and, and just build him into even a better reliever. And it kind of takes us to the kind of the next part of this is look, they decline the options on Kirby Gates and Colin McHugh um, as a Barry college guy. I, I love Colin McHugh. You know, he he's the symbol of, of our D3 school showing out there. But I think, you know, the, the injury concerns with him. And then Kirby Yates, who, you know, at times what was a big piece of this bullpen, it just feels like maybe they're seeing some potential in Pierce Johnson. So 
when you saw the addition, or I should say the extension for Pierce Johnson and them kind of cut loose the other two guys, is that kind of the same feeling that you got with that? Yeah, I think maybe they viewed the the guys that they declined as probably too expensive uh, going into next season, Uh, especially like Brad Hand, who, you know, was was great as a lefty specialist, but, you know, at the same time paying, you know, I believe, five million dollars for a lefty specialist maybe a bit too expensive for the braves liking there and then uh you know McHugh kind of reg- regressed last season i think that was an easy choice and then yates uh, you know you, you would have liked to, to keep yates around i think he, he definitely had his moments but uh, again it just never looked it didn't really look like he regained that that old self uh, just a few years ago so i wasn't really shocked by any of those moves but i do think those are guys that uh, you can replace in free agency yeah, and just kind of some of the numbers for the fans that might be interested in that. I mean, this is a guy in Pierce Johnson that had a six ERA over 38 innings. Uh, it was just a one-year, $5 million contract with Colorado. Uh, he comes over here to Atlanta, 0.76 uh, ERA. His strikeout rate jumped over five percentage points. His swing rate went from what is considered kind of league average in 12.3 there, Logan, to an elite like 17.8. And you kind of look yeah. at some of the pitch mix that he has – Maybe this is an example of Rick Kranitz and company and in, in kind of the mix of old school and new data analytics of saying, hey, we like this and we're going to continue, continue to develop this. And it's more of a long term play. Like I kind of think AA in this front office said, if it works out in the short run, we know this is going to be a guy we can kind of mold into something. So Pierce Johnson is a really fun piece to kind of look at. They also bring back Joe Jimenez, who was kind of weird in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I'll say being around the Georgia Tech baseball team for the past couple of years, you know, trading Justin Henry Malloy was tough. Uh, that kid is a really, really fun player for Detroit for Jimenez. But what were your thoughts on or what, just kind of end it there? I mean, your thoughts on Jimenez being a part of this. They obviously declined Brad Hand and maybe, you know, going to look to add some more in that bullpen altogether. But we kind of see who they like uh, leaving 2023. Yeah, Jimenez was a guy that uh, I remember just one dominant month that, that he had. Uh, I believe it was like July or something like that. Yeah. I, I kind of look at that month as this is what he can be in a Braves uniform. I mean, he can be a guy that you know goes out there late innings and, and, and shuts it down, and he was really a reliable there. Uh, toward the end of it, I was surprised the Braves got him back, to be honest with you. I thought that um, – I mean, because Snicker, I, you know, he was – somewhat of a late innings guy, but he wasn't really used in high leverage situations as often as you would think. And that hmm. is something that surprised me that he came back and with the, with the deal that he got too, I think that's you know pretty team friendly as well. I thought he could have gotten more in free agency. So uh, yeah, again, big piece to have back uh, for the Atlanta bullpen. Yeah. And look, if he continues to trend where I think when people see like the size of him and his potential on some like the outliers that he has on his, his pitches. This guy's going to make 8 million next year and it's going to creep up to nine the next two years. It's kind of a steal. Like, especially when you see the contracts that are going out to back end bullpen pieces. I I like what Joe Jimenez has. Um, You know, he only appeared in one of the postseason matchups that Atlanta has, but he was good. So, you know, you feel like it's one of those things that they're going to continue to roll. Uh, Logan, we look at kind of obviously the Braves lost Sam Hilliard, the star of April and May uh, to the Orioles. But, you know, there's a lot of um, there's still some names 
Um, Jesse Chavez, you and I were joking. We kind of expect this to be a guy we see in a minor league deal, just the close relationship of, of what he is. Lucas Letke was a letdown uh, and, you know, just pretty much coming over from the Yankees. Kevin Pillar, uh, loved Kevin Pillar. But, Logan, I mean, when you look at all those guys, Eddie Rosario, kind of the most notable name, were you surprised to see Eddie Rosario kind of, I don't want to say non-tender, but that option not picked up? I wasn't surprised, Bryce, and I think a lot of fans still have 2021 in their brains, and believe me, I do too. I mean, he's he's going to be a Braves postseason legend for the rest of time because of yeah. uh, just the NLDS, NLCS there, especially against the Dodgers. Gosh, I mean, unstoppable, probably the best hitter on the planet in that moment. Uh, you know, and I was looking back too, I, I totally forgot that he was the leadoff hitter during that stretch. I, yeah. It's so crazy to think about that Eddie Rosario once Atlanta Brave leadoff hitter, right? Um, but I, I looked at the option too, and, and you look at since then, right? The the past two postseasons, uh, Eddie, gosh, I think what one hit over the past two postseasons? Something, yeah, yeah. It's it's something like one like first, that. something, yeah, yeah. So he definitely, it, it definitely looked like a a, a one series wonder there. And you, and you hate to say that because he's such a legend in, in Atlanta, but uh, I think uh, Adopolis, I think he looked at that and said, you know what, maybe it's time to go a different direction because I think between uh, Rosario and Pilar, you're looking at maybe I think one war there, one win, mm-hmm. win above replacement. And that's something you can find pretty easily uh, in free agency or even, you know, even a trade route if they decide to go that way. But uh, I wasn't necessarily su- surprised to see Rosario uh, let go. Yeah. And when you look at the money that would have been allocated, I mean, $9 million, uh, for a guy that was really the definition of league average. Uh, I mean, look, he had, and that's by WRC plus. Like when you look at that, it was nearly that 255, 305, 450 line that he produced. I mean, it's right there amongst, you know, just your average kind of everyday player. So, you know, I think as fans, we do get attached. Like you're exactly right. Eddie Rosario is going to live in Braves lore for the rest of time. Um, But, you know, he's coming off kind of a brutal 2022 season. 2023 was a bounce back year, but I just think it's an opportunity for Atlanta to say, hey, we can probably make an upgrade here and maybe get a better combination of a guy a little bit defensively at times. And and so I'm not, I'm not completely against it. We're going to talk about um, obviously some of those names as well that kind of fit into that a couple other moves that I did not realize at the time uh, are, you know, Jackson Stevens elected free agency, a guy they pulled out of the Mexican league a couple years ago. And I liked him uh, last season Mm -hmm. this year. He was battling injuries. Tyler Matzik activated off the uh, injured list. It's a guy that's going to try to get ramped up and going. I think that could help out a bullpen. Another one, Logan, Nick Anderson. Remember, he's still under contract. That's a guy that, you know, showed some some things. Sure. And then Yanni Chirinos, which I don't think Braves fans would be too upset if Yanni Chirinos wasn't on the <laughs> roster next year. Out of those names, right. who, who has the potential? I mean, because you start talking about all these arms, Logan, and then some of the guys that can't be in the rotation due to the fact there's only five slots – it doesn't feel like there's a ton of room in this Braves bullpen. I mean, if you get Nick Anderson and oh. Tyler Matzik back and roll into it, it could be interesting. Yeah, it could be. And Matzik is somebody you're very interested to see how he looks because, you know, again, when he was when he was healthy, when he was on, he was, you know, obviously the part a part of the night shift, right? So yeah. uh, you know, just that alone, I think you you gotta look at that and say, well, to me, you have to give him a shot in the in the bullpen to see you know, if he still has any of that left, 
uh, it may be a little tough first year back, but uh, you know, he's somebody that, uh, you know, obviously very, very curious. And I think the way the Braves bullpen is now, you don't have to be thrown into a, you know, a, you don't have to be thrown into a situation where you're needed to be what you were. And I think that's a huge benefit mm. for Matzik because, I mean, look at the guys that they have now, especially bringing back, you know, Johnson and Jimenez, plus Iglesias still there, plus Mentor still there. You know, this is a, a pretty stacked bullpen as far as back end. So anything you get out of Anderson or Matzik or, or both of them, I think would be a, a huge plus. But uh, it's it's got to be a good situation to go back to knowing that not a lot is going to be expected. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you in the sense of, at times you saw this Braves bullpen, and it happens during the ebbs and flows of a season. Guys are being called on in positions where maybe it's not, you know, where they're most comfortable or where they should be utilized. And if it, you know, in a perfect world, everyone would slot exactly where you want them to. And I think if Atlanta continues to build depth, like a guy like Matzik can come along in a sixth inning role. But we all know his potential is to be that eighth, potentially even ninth inning guy at times if he can recover some of that form post Tommy John. So I think that's really, really exciting to right. look at as well. We, uh, Logan, we move on to the, to kind of looking outward. Uh, free agency has officially begun, but you know as well as I do, GM meetings are going to take place. The winter meetings are going to take place. And Atlanta did really, I don't I think that you sent me, wow, and I replied, wow, back kind of locking up one of their own and essentially we'll call it a free agent acquisition um, after, you know, obviously Braves announcer, former announcer Chip Carey said, it's just like you're getting a guy at the deadline. It's just like you're getting a guy out of free agency uh, in Charlie yeah. Morton. In Charlie Morton. Uh, they bring back Charlie Morton, the $20 million option. Logan, it, you know, the tweet that you sent me, it was kind of felt like this was a tough decision for the Braves. And I know you said, wow. So give me your yeah. thoughts on them kind of bringing back Morton, I'll say, for me, it can't be the end-all, be-all. I really like Charlie. I like what he's done in his right. career. But, you know, health concerns, a lot of different things. How do you feel about this? Yeah, and, and he's 40. I mean, he's going to be 40 next season. I think that's going to be the first thing that, that comes to mind. But, you know, Charlie has aged really well <laughs> in, in that sense because he's done what a lot of pitchers have not been able to do, and that's uh, kind of get a second life as far as, you know, finding a, a pitch that works for him and, and, you know, for that's been his curveball. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was very interesting, you know, $20 million. I, I think, you know, I certainly thought that he would be back in a Braves uniform, but I didn't think it was going to be the option. I thought it was going to be okay. Option decline, but you renegotiate the contract and he's back for, you know, one year, but at a, at a cheaper rate. But even then, I mean, $20 million, it's not a horrible price. I, I don't, I don't hate that. But as you said, you you don't want this to be the end-all, be-all because I think best-case scenario, he is the fourth or even the fifth guy because you you would love Charlie Morton as your number four or number five. I, I think, yeah. think he, he would be a lot, a lot of other teams. I think he would be their number two, you know, number two, number three still. So, you know, you want Morton to be more of the back end of the rotation, which – to be fair, I guess twenty million would be a lot to pay for a back end of the rotation guy, but uh, but I don't I don't mind the move. I mean, Morton's been great for Atlanta. Uh, he's been you know he's been fine. Like that's you know I'm totally fine with having him back. Yeah, his average fastball velocity still sat above ninety five at ninety five point two miles per hour. Uh, so this yeah. is a guy like you said, ages really well. He did uh, have a higher walk rate. There was a little abnormal. Um, for him this year. And, you know, 
you can look at the stats, but like you and I who watch so many of the games, Logan, a lot of fans that are going to watch and listen to this, you could just kind of tell. Like at times, whether it was the curveball control uh, that you know has been fantastic in his his career, especially later on in his career, it, it was a little it teetered a little bit. And I agree with you. Morton's not a top tier starter anymore, uh, and he doesn't really need to be. Like that's kind of the right. beauty of this Braves rotation. And I know a lot of fans say, "Well, it wasn't enough," and, and I get that. But if Freed's healthy and Strider healthy, there's one and two. And if you can find if if and we're gonna get into this, I don't know if I believe Bryce Elder is a number three right now. I want to. I really, really want to, Logan, because I think that he can be really good. But I think if you can go out in free agency and get a number three, you could slot Morton as a four and have Elder as a five with guys like uh AJ Smith Shaver kind of waiting in the wings. That to me would be a great rotation to roll into 2024 with. So, you know, I do agree. I think this is, I expected Morton back, uh, but maybe this is a thing where Atlanta probably has more money than they lead on to believe. And they're just trying to do right by a guy that is just a great organizational guy uh, and honor that instead of, you know, I guess, I, I don't know what the market value would have been for Charlie Morton. I don't think it'd been 20 million. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's easy to forget too because. I mean, Cole Hamill's got essentially the same deal not too long ago, right? Mm. It, it, am I am I mistaken about that? Because I, I mean that that's something you, know, that you think yeah. about. Like the Braves aren't afraid. Yeah, I mean the Braves aren't afraid to give you know the older veteran pitchers that that type of contract. So I think it says something about the front office that they value the experience, they value especially the postseason experience as well, which we didn't get to see this year. And uh, you know you mm -hmm. kind of wonder how different things would have gone had Morton been that third option instead of Bryce Elder. Uh, and you know that's that's one thing I wonder. I don't know how different things would have gone, especially with how the offense was. But you know that's still something to consider. You know the, just the postseason experience is there. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't necessarily – look, you can't put a price on a guy that understands a locker room, understands staff like Morton Light does. And so I do agree with you. When I when you view this as, oh, they, they picked up the option, I encourage fans who maybe you're like, what? To view it more as it, we paid – we're doing a one-year $20 million deal for a veteran guy, much like you did with Cole Hamels, and it obviously didn't work out you know, a couple of years ago. Right. But you know, I, when you put it like that, it, it definitely makes uh, – definitely – makes a lot of sense. So let's move on. All right. Final topic of conversation here and make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, wherever you might be watching or listening. Logan, we get into our wish list, and you and I compared this. We were almost spot on. So I'll let you start and we'll just kind of bounce off into one another because it seems like we kind of have some, I don't want to say unrealistic dreams for this off season. Maybe the Braves aren't going to be in the ballpark of all three of them. I don't think they get all three. I think there is a chance they could right. get at least one of the three guys that we're going to talk about. So you kick us off, whether you want to go pitching first or that uh, that coveted bat that was really, really impressive at times. Of course. Are we, are we going one at a time here, or are we going just all you, at once? Uh, you Let's go one at a time. One at a time here. One at a time. Okay. Well, uh, before I get started, I, I wanted to – kind of make the caveat because I think everyone's wish list would, would feature Shohei Otani, Blake Snell, you know, Aaron Nola, guys like that. You know, maybe Nola could be attainable, but the, you know, the Shohei's of the world, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, like that's not going to happen. Uh, at least to me, I don't think it happens unless Anthopolis just surprises us all and says, Merry Christmas, Braves fans. Here you go. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's never been his MO to spend big on free agency. It's never, yeah, it's just never been him. But uh, that being said, I kind of made my wish list based on the guys who I think the 
Braves could go out and get and honestly should go out and get. So I'll go ahead and I'll get the mm-hmm. bat out of the name or the bat out of the way first because uh, uh, he's the only one I have on the list. I would I would absolutely love Lord Uriel Jr. Uh, of the Diamondbacks. And look, this is this is a big reason why for me because sure you know left field's obviously the biggest need right now. Well, he just had a career year uh, <laughs> on a team that made it to the World Series and. Yeah, his whole career, you, you look at it, uh, career best in hits, doubles, homers. The only downside is, you know, he doesn't draw a lot of walks. But yeah. if that's the only downside, and again, you're not asking him to come in and be your, your best hitter. You're asking him to come in and uh, provide a boost to that left field position that really needed it. I mean, Rosario, you know, as you mentioned, it was a bounce back year for him, but he was league average, as you said, and didn't add a lot in the field, you know. Guriel, one of the best defensive years of his career. So I look at that and I say this would be a, an absolute. Uh, depending on the price, that that's the only thing. But I think depending mm-hmm. on the price, you bring him in, and I think it brings a lot of excitement to to that lineup. I think it would be an underrated addition for for this offense and uh, for the defense as well, which already features uh, you know Michael Harris manning that in center. Acuna, who interestingly enough didn't have the best year defensively in right field. But yeah, I think that's another thing too. You got to look at because uh, yeah, you know, if it, if it's just Harris that was good defensively in center, you know, he, adding another piece in left that would be really uh, you know a strong boost to the, to the defense as well. So that that's uh, that's number one for me as far as headers yeah. go. Yeah, and I mean, we'll just we'll give the breaking news now. I mean, that, that was my number one position player, offensive bat that I really like them to see to go after. Because if you look at this team, they're set everywhere else. <laughs> I mean, we're being honest with ourselves. Like Orlando Arcia is probably they're not going to get Tim Anderson. Like this this team, you know, it's going to be Orlando Arcia. You know, regarding that, and I yeah. think when people look at left field, the biggest thing with this is well, what about Von Grissom? I think Von Grissom's bat. Is is made? I think he can play in the major leagues. It is. Do yeah. you have? Do you have the confidence to put a kid in left field that has never played the position in a win now window? Like that for me is the big question. Now look, I think I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna work him there. Like I I think that they're going to work this offseason. He's going to be doing some of that. Um, but I sit with you and Lordy's Guriel. The only thing I wanted to add to that is this is a guy who really hasn't been a like he's been like a pretty much Eddie Rosario in the field. But this year, man, he was plus three in run differential in left field. So if he's starting to show some signs, and like you said, you put him next to a Michael Harris that's going to – I mean, you could, it's it's like what the, the Phillies do with Nick Castellanos. Like Gurriel's a better defender than Castellanos, but they just say, mm-hmm. Castellanos, you're best at doing this, and we've got a really good center fielder. So you just kind of, you know, you take the, you, you take the weight off your shoulders and play what's comfortable to you. So – I really do like Guriel, and I think the only thing for me, Logan, and I don't. We can get into numbers. What is the market value? Like, what is the bidding? And it all determines on what teams that maybe more desperate because the Braves don't desperately need Guriel. Like, that's the problem for me. Right. There's right. probably a team that's really going to give him big money, and I just think the Braves would be out on that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I kind of think the same. I mean, there there are a lot of teams that could use uh, someone like Guriel. And so it's probably not the most pressing need uh, for Anthopolis and crew because, I mean, you know, just take it back to, I mean, when's the last time the Braves really, you know, struck big on a bat in, in yeah. offseason that wasn't via trade? 
or, you know, or was via free agent signing. I mean, looking back, it's, uh, you know, you can't really think in recent memory of a lot of guys. I'm sure there have been like one or two, but uh, just off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody. But, uh, you know, Guriel, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, you know, historically not the best defender, but this year was a career best for him. And, you know, a lot of that too, just thinking about it, who he's next to, right? Because Corbin Carroll, you know, for the Diamondbacks was just unbelievable. And that no doubtedly could boost the rest of the outfield as far as defense goes. And Michael Harrison had the same way. So yeah, you, you, you know, no question about the fit for Atlanta, but as you mentioned, the price may be a bit too much, especially with uh, the more needy teams out there. I agree with you. I, I do. I think that's going to be the one thing. And I want to preface with what you were saying too, about going after a bat because people are going to comment or say, well, what about Marcelo Zuna? And what about Josh Donaldson? Yes, but you have to remember with yourselves, those were one-year deals. Now, they did sign Ozuna, but that was after a year in their system, in what they right. did, where they got to see a real look at him. Goriel's not exactly. going to settle for a one-year deal. He's yes. going to cash in on what he did in the postseason. So I think that's going to be something kind of interesting to monitor. Um, Logan, I'll take it here. And I know we both picked this guy, so we can both talk about this one. Um I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with my 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 pitcher here, Sonny Gray, and this is a guy that I know you and I both picked. And Logan, look, this is a guy too. It's felt like he's been rumored to go to the Braves forever. When he was with the Reds, the Yankees, the A's. I mean, this guy. He's just always been in the rumor yeah. mill as a pitcher, and he's coming off a good season. I don't think he's a top-tier starter, although he pitched really, really well this year. But to me, with what we were right. talking about earlier, this is a guy who would slot in to that number three role, you know, in between a Strider and an Elder and Morton. I think it'd be a nice little fit. We absolutely would. And the big reason why Braves fans want a pitcher, and I wholeheartedly agree with this, it's because – Look, Freed hasn't been the, the healthiest pitcher in the world over the past couple of years. And then, you know, it's a lot to put on Strider's shoulders. So even then you look at, you know, your top two being, you know, Strider and Freed, even that's not a, a you know, legit possibility. Even that has a lot of uh, shakiness to it because of Freed's health. So I think the Braves need to attack starting pitching some way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, but Sonny Gray, as you mentioned, yes, he's, he's a Cy Young finalist. He's somebody that's had one of the best years of his career. And I look at it too. I mean, we just talked about Charlie Morton, but the two pitchers, Sonny Gray and Charlie Morton, extremely comparable over the past three seasons. And if anything, Sonny mm -hmm. Gray has walked less batters and he struck out essentially at the same rate as Charlie Morton. I think Morton has about two and a half percent on him as far as strikeout percentage goes. But I mean, just the last three seasons, I mean, a three, three ERA, 130 ERA plus. For Sonny Gray over the past three seasons. Morton's ERA plus over the past three is 114. And so Sonny Gray has been a fantastic pitcher and he's been along the lines of a Charlie Morton. So basically, if you're a Braves fan, I would look at this as well, we're signing Charlie Morton, but at almost at the beginning of, of Charlie Morton's late career yeah. resurgence. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I, I think that when you see when you see Sonny Gray coming off the season he did he kind of slots into the tier two level of starters, which is one where I think yeah. Atlanta financially is going to go and two where realistically they should sit. They've got two frontline guys. Like I, I tell people sometimes this is not a video game. You don't just get to have four or five frontline starters. This isn't going to be the show, you know, uh, and force right. trades. Sonny Gray makes sense for me. And, and so I do like what you said. I wanted to throw a couple more stats out there that I think were really, really important. Uh, 2.83 FIP. 
uh, 2.79 ERA. You know, he's a guy that he's kind of also talked publicly. I was able to find this. He did some interviews. I think it's Valley Sports that does the Minnesota Twins. I think they have Valley Sports Minnesota up there or whatever. And he talked, he goes, you know, he, he kind of has an eye towards retirement and the end of his career. So this is a guy, too. He's not. I don't think he's going to command a four- or five-year deal. Atlanta, at 33 years old, might feel more comfortable, and I think he would, too, of taking a two- or three-year deal. Uh, and I think that fits yeah. into what – because I'll say this. You just mentioned the Charlie Morton factor. Let's say Morton plays this year, which I think is very likely to happen, plays 2024, retires. Okay, now you've got Sonny Gray for – let's say you sign him to a three-year deal. You've got him for two more seasons. And you essentially have that Charlie Morton-esque pitcher for two more seasons to help mentor young staff. Um, we will see. I think Minnesota would love to have him back. I think St. Louis right. is another team that's going to need multiple arms. Um, I'll tell you too, Baltimore. Baltimore is going to be a team that's looking to add arms. I think this is a yeah. realistic target for Atlanta, Logan. I think it's going to be tough to pull off, though, once again, when it comes to financial commitment, other teams willing to overpay. Yeah, that is true because, you know, look at a lot of projections. It's what, 80, 90 million over, you know, three years for, for yeah. Sonny Gray. And I, honestly, that's one I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, those teams looking to add arms, I mean, you wonder if it even gets higher than, than that. And that, that could be, you know, priced out of the Braves range for what they're looking for. So uh, I do agree. It could, it could get a little bit too pricey, but as you mentioned, you know, I feel like he could have a choice of where he wants to go. And if he's eyeing retirement, you know, if, he, if he's going to ring chase, so to speak, uh, I mean, what, what better place to do that than Atlanta, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you look at the difference between what he's been trying to do in Minnesota. Atlanta's, I mean, they're the odds on Vegas favorites to win it next year. I mean, this, there's a reason, yep. and it doesn't mean they will, but when you're a free agent and maybe on the back end of what your career might be, you're, you're looking, like you said, to ring chase. Think of it like the NBA if you're not too familiar. Uh, let's get to the last pitcher that you have. And then I'll make a case for my last one that's actually a reliever. So I'll let you handle it with a, a left-hander that opts out of a deal with Detroit and uh, another guy that I think you and I both agree would kind of slot in well to this Braves rotation. Yeah, so I kind of cheated here because I know we, we uh, kept it to, to uh, three, but you know technically I have four because to me these are the pretty much the same type of pitcher. And you look at Jordan Montgomery who you know undoubtedly – one of the stars of the postseason when it comes to uh, just what he added to to Texas and in, in that rotation. It really felt like he found that that next level. Uh, I'm curious to see who gets the bigger – like I feel like Snell gets the, gets the bigger contract, right? But I think a lot of teams yeah. will value Montgomery in that same range. So this is kind of a borderline unrealistic expectation, I would think, for, for me. But it, I, I wonder if – you know, people look at this like a, a Sonny Gray in the sense of, you know, he's an, an experienced pitcher who, granted, is, you know, younger and, and entering, you know, early 30s and things like that. But uh, that being said, he would be an excellent addition to the Braves. And look, uh, another lefty to the rotation can never hurt. Uh, considering what he just did in the postseason, I mean, gosh, you, you, you could, you know, the only concern is, of course, the overpay factor because, mm. you know, teams are going to want to, um, you know, hope that that that's the Montgomery they're going to get season long. And truthfully, I don't think you are, but what you do get at, at worst, you get a solid middle of the rotation guy and someone who's been consistent because look at his whole career. I mean, you, you look at, you know, obviously uh, what, what he just provided in, in St. Louis and then going over to Texas, but even this past year, September and October, you know, a, th a three two two ERA September and October, eight walks of 28 strikeouts. I mean, that's something that uh, is huge when you look at that. 
but this to me is if you cannot land Sonny Gray, this would meet this to me would be a very, very good consolation prize. And now I think a lot of people would probably flip it like, okay, if you can't land Montgomery, maybe Sonny Gray would be the consolation. But either way, I want one of these two pitchers uh, when it comes to the Braves offseason. Now, switching to Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, mm-hmm. look, he's another experienced lefty, uh, another guy coming off a career year. He He's only pitched 200 innings once in his career, though. And that's something that I think will make him cheaper. But I don't, I don't think – I would be swayed away from that though, because I mean, look, he had a fantastic season and again, another guy that would slot in perfectly in the middle of the rotation. So that that's what more so what I was looking for, just guys that can slot in perfectly in the middle of the rotation, but have the upside uh, for even more. And I think Rodriguez and, and Montgomery can be that for, for this Atlanta team. Yeah, a couple more things on those facts, because you and I, I sat more with Eduardo Rodriguez. You went with Jordan Montgomery in the sense of, Look, Montgomery, I think it just elevated what he was able to do during the World Series and kind of showed like the casual baseball fans, this guy's just a pretty good pitcher. Like he's just been very consistent in his career. Uh, With Eduardo Rodriguez, here's two things I was reading about that really could impact. Um, You know, it was his last time when he went into free agency after the 2021 season, he got five years, 77 million with with the opt-out after two uh, from Detroit. So, you know, he opts out of that. I think this is a guy that could get three Eduardo, like three for fifty. I think that he could he could see something three for fifty-five, three for sixty, because he's not going to turn thirty-one until next April. There is obviously the injury concern. Uh, he was on the uh, he had like a finger problem. Uh, you know, I think for like five or almost a month, a month and a half of the season this year. But apparently. Logan, like geography's huge. His family's on the East Coast. He wants to stay there. Uh, it's apparently also too why he vetoed that trade to Los Angeles, uh, the Dodgers uh, during the season. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, there's there's a selling point. So you know, Braves fans that worried that right. oh gosh, we don't want to lose out on this free agent because we don't want the Dodgers to get him. Uh, there's maybe a case sure. for you there. So I do, you know, I think Atlanta. I would say this if we're ranking them, I would go Jordan Montgomery one. That I do sit in that category. I go Sonny Gray yeah. two, Eduardo Rodriguez three. If you can end up with one of these three guys, though, I do feel good about your rotation going in with AJ Smith Shaver. I think he's going to be able to, you know, just learn more as a pitcher. Um, I do feel good about that. So I do like our, our choices. Once again, if you're listening, you're watching, you're like, what are they talking about? Free agent wish list. Uh, we went Lordy's Guriel for the position player, Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez. And it brings us to the last one. It's a wild card, Logan. This was my pick. Okay. So the people who want to blast me, don't blast Logan, blast me. <laughs> I think part of the frustration for me watching Atlanta this season, and as a lot of people, look, you got to understand there's going to be ebbs and flows in a bullpen. Like that's just what happens over the course of 162. I think there's a real case, though, that Atlanta needs to sniff around and be a part of the Josh Hader discussion. Because it's a guy that uh, really rounded in back into form this year after kind of a weird first half of the last back half of the season last year uh, with San Diego. But I just want to get your thoughts. Takeaway price. I know price is going to be something, you know, he's going to be one of the elite free agents on the market. But man, you kind of start dreaming about what it could look like. And I go to when Atlanta won the World Series, they had a shutdown bullpen. We mentioned some of those names. Logan, can we rely on Tyler Matzik to be an elite arm? I don't know. AJ Minter, I love AJ Minter, but is he an elite back into the arm, back into the bullpen arm? Uh, he's really good, 
you add Josh Hader, now you slot Minter into a sixth or seventh inning role. It just, I don't know. I, I get the visions in my head of what it could look like next October and want to get your thoughts on this because I do think they need to at least be a part of the conversation. Right. Well, and I mean, the, the big thing about the 2021 World Series that everyone remembers is the, of course, the night shift. But what people don't think about is, you know, that was the common frustration of Braves fans during that 2021 season was the bullpen. Everything went right in that postseason. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it and, okay, well, obviously the Matzik injury. Uh, Mentor has been fine. He's pretty much kept up that same level of production. But, you know, even then, even right now, I mean, Rice Iglesias, he's he's a fine closer, but he's not top end. And yeah. I think Josh Hader would come in and he absolutely would make this bullpen, which already, I mean, I think you could comfortably say this bullpen is above average, you know, top 10 yeah. in the league, I would say. Mm-hmm. But Josh Hader coming in, I think would immediately make this bullpen top, top five. And top three, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I think so. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm on board with that. Um, and truthfully, you know, you mentioned the price tag. I I wouldn't mind spending big money on on Josh Hader because you look at these teams. I mean, they're truly genuinely built around bullpen now. I mean, that's just the way it goes. If you don't have a good bullpen, you're not going to make it far in the postseason. And Josh Hader would. And plus two mentors coming up on you know presumably last year. You know, with arbitration and everything. So um, locking down Hader, you know, four or five year contract. You know, you don't worry about losing Mentor. And, um, you know, if you keep Mentor, great. If you lose him, it's really not that big of a loss because you have Josh Hader, who's that lockdown lefty. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think we put together a pretty nice list, kind of an off-season primer uh, as we get ready. Once again, GM meetings, winter meetings. Uh, man, you know, you and I both cover college football. We absolutely love it. But I don't know. The hot stove season in baseball is a really fun time. Yeah. It's uh, it's It's yeah. a ton of fun. Well, let, let me add this too, because I did have a couple honorable mentions. I would all say. right. All right. Uh, you know, you, you touched on the bullpen, uh, you know, hater somebody that, that is a hard thrower. And I was thinking along that line, but a little bit less, a uh, little bit less expensive. I was thinking Jordan Hicks. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Now he's not somebody that's going to be your back in, you know, back into the bullpen type guy, but Jordan Hicks is somebody that adds much needed velocity to that Braves bullpen, I think, and uh, would be a good addition. Now he's frustrating to watch. I get it, but yeah. you know it's hard to argue with with uh, what he can bring when he's when he's truly on. And then um, you know, then obviously the reunion angle, of course, because uh, you know Kimbrel's going to be a free agent, which you know that would be a, a welcomed addition for me. Now that's just biased me talking, knowing full well that you're not going to get the same Ken- Craig Kimbrel that. Uh, was the Braves lock? It was the Braves closer all those years ago, uh, and of course Jock and and, and Solaire, You know those two, I think would be they, they would be great bats. Uh, whether it's mm. you know off the bench, but I don't think it's realistic that you get them. But you, again, I, I just went for that angle because I personally would love to see them back in the yeah, I think, and we're going to be trying to knock this out, this podcast out weekly. I think next week we are going to talk about you know needing some more attitude in the locker room. Uh, you and I mentioned yeah. that after that after that loss to Philly, and we're going to talk about that next week. But I do agree with you. I mean, look, you look at Jordan Hicks. It's a guy that throws hard. When he is commanding his pitches, it's nearly unhittable. Just the his from his velocity, the difference. Um, I'm looking at this right now, uh, this layover. I don't have to link it, but the layover – of what Jordan Hicks can do, you know, from uh, Pitching Ninja uh, post this, which is a great account. Oh, if you're yeah. a baseball fan, you got to follow. I mean, it's just dirty. It's just dirty stuff. So I do like Jordan Hicks. 
Um, you know, he gets the Blue Jays get him. I think Toronto would love to keep him. Um, you know, especially after he reduced his walk total. Uh, he was a league leading, actually, 8.3% over the last two months of the season in a walk percentage. So I, I really yeah. I like that. And so, you know, is that sustainable? I don't I don't know. But if it only creeps up back to like nine or ten, now we're talking about a guy that is an elite arm that maybe you give her cheaper. Um, so yeah, Logan, I, I do like that. I do like that. And I think um it's gonna be fun to see how things unfold. Uh, for sure. But man, hey, this has been a ton of fun. I absolutely enjoy talking to the Braves. We're going to try to get these out every single Wednesday morning in your feeds, whether it's on podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever you might get those. Logan, there's this thing called Google Play, and apparently we're on it. Uh, I don't really know what it is, but it, you know, people listen to it on there, so I appreciate it. But hey, we do appreciate you. This is the Chopaholic. We're going to have the logos up here on YouTube next week. Uh, and two guys with an unhealthy addiction to the Atlanta Braves, the offseason primer wish list, kind of looking at some of the early moves Atlanta's made. We'll meet you next week and we'll recap potentially any moves and talk a little bit more about needing some more attitude and what that could mean uh, for Atlanta in free agency, the trade market, and heading into spring training in 2024. We'll catch you next time. He's Logan Whaley. My name is Bryce Kuhn here on the Chopaholic, part of the Crowded Booth Podcast Network.